Podcast. Today we're discussing Kentucky Route Zero. I'm your host Marcus and joining me today as always are the homies. First up we have Greg. What's up? What's up? And then last but not least we have the homie Trevor. What's going on? And we got a guest too. Um, tagging back in. You may remember him from the uh, Black Mesa episode where we got my homie Jonas. Hey guys. I promise I won't talk about Half-Life. <laughs> as much as I would love to. Too, too late. <laughs> Damn. Um, so, Kentucky Route Zero is my game, and this is for the month of July, so I'm going to kick us off. Um, Kentucky Route Zero is a point-and-click adventure game developed by Cardboard Computer and published by Annapurna Interactive. And I, for those keeping score at home, uh, Trevor and I had previously covered both What Remains of Edith Finch and Gora Gora on bonus cast, and both of those games were other games that Anna Perna had uh, helped publish. But uh, Cardboard Computer is a three-man team composed of designer-slash-programmer-slash-writer Jake Elliott, designer-slash-artist uh, Thomas Kaminsky, and uh, sound designer-slash-composer Ben Babbitt. Uh, this is their second game. The first was a surreal ner- narrative game called A House in California, and that was released in 2010. Uh, Kentucky Route Zero was originally conceived in the aftermath of the 2008 uh, recession and was first revealed in 2011 via Kickstarter, raising $8,583. Um, and they set a goal of $6,500, so they, they beat it by about two dollars the game is separated into five acts that were released sporadically throughout its development, with the first act releasing in January 2013 and the last act in January 2020. And if you guys would remember, uh, this was around the time that Take-Two uh, had released uh, the Walking Dead series. And so uh, this was like really, really early in the, I guess we could say, adventure game revitalization. Um even I, I read an interview with Cardboard Computer, and they had planned to have the game completed in a year. But uh, as it went, the first act was released in January 2013. Second act was May 2013. The third act was May 2014. The fourth act was in 2016. And then this last act, the fifth and final act, was released in January of this year, 2020. Uh, so about a seven-year seven-year span from first act to last and about a nine-year span from when it was revealed initially revealed um the developer cited american novelist flannery o'connor colombian novelist gabrielle garcia marquez and american filmmaker david lynch as big inspirations um they also looked at theater scripts for inspiration and helping characterization dialogue environment design treatment of space lighting and movement And then beyond film and theater, the game also references poetry, philosophy, semiotics, bluegrass music, computer art, and interactive fiction. And all are inspirations used in this tale of economic ruin visited on the Rust Belt by the greed of the super rich. Um, It's not so much a game about capitalism, but more so what capitalism does to people. Um, And the game follows the narrative of truck driver Conway and the strange people he meets as he tries to cross the fictitious Route Zero in Kentucky to make a final delivery for the antiques company for which he works. Uh, the game features no traditional puzzles or challenges, with the focus being primarily on storytelling and atmosphere that the developers call magical realism. 
The, the player controls Conway by clicking on the screen, either to guide him to another location or interact with other characters and objects. The player also has the choice to choose Conway's dialogue and occasionally the dialogue of other characters during in-game conversations. The game is separated into various locations, which Conway can travel with, between using his truck. Uh, map is shown when traveling on the road, and the player must guide the truck icon to the destination of their choosing. Most of the areas where the player has been pointed or sent out to, and the player can also take control of other characters at certain times. Uh, the game was originally developed for Linux, Windows, and Mac OS, and console ports for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch were released under the subtitle TV Edition, coinciding with the release of the final act. Uh, the game has received critical Critical acclaim for its visual art, narrative, characterization, atmosphere, and themes, and has appeared on several best of the decade lists. Um, and that is my introduction, kind of lengthy. Um, so first things first, what did everybody play this game on? Let's kick it to you first, Jonas. Uh, so this is the first game that I played with a Steam Link and a Steam controller. So mm-hmm. PC, but it felt like a console, kind of like a Phoenix Wright type of game. The mouse edge first one, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I really like the Steam controller, but I'm new. Maybe I'll hate it later. <laughs> Nobody likes it. <laughs> well, never mind. <laughs> uh, and you, you had never played this before? Or? No, I, I played the first two chapters back when the game came out, right? Mm-hmm. And I was super into it. And by that, by that time, I hadn't like seeing anything David Lynch by then yeah but I was super into it because uh, this game takes a lot of inspiration from this one novel that everybody has to read in high school in Puerto Rico called 100 Years of Solitude by Gabriel Garcia Marquez and who's yeah he's the, ins- uh, the other person that was another inspiration for this game yeah exactly and then th- they make it super obvious by giving a family in the game the last name of Marquez, mm-hmm. and also where they live is, I think it's called 100 Macondo Drive, and Macondo is like a direct reference to that book. So by the time I started playing this game, I already knew where they were going with, and you mentioned something about they wanted it to make a magical realist. Yeah, um, yeah. So that, that, that's, that's, that term comes from, or is, was largely popularized by 100 Years of Solitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the magical realist style. He, he, he was a pioneer from what I what research I did on that type yeah. of writing, writing in that with that genre in mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. For a lot of people he's like the um, the intro to that sort of like surrealist genre of fiction or like media in general. Mm-hmm. Has a lot in common with David Lynch and I think that a lot of people if you like Twin Peaks or Mulholland Drive, you're going to love this game. Yes. Uh, what about you, Trevor? So, I played this game on Switch. And was it included in the in that bundle, the Itch? I bundle? don't think so. I don't, oh, okay. the, the Racial I, Justice one? No, I don't think never so. Never mind, it was another game we're playing that was included in it. But, yeah, I picked it up on Switch. Um, I honestly think I heard about it in passing. Never watched any gameplay. Never looked at a trailer for it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just never even looked it up. Like I think I heard about it on the Waypoint podcast, mm-hmm. um, but was just never 
I don't know. I like point-and-click adventure games, but for some reason I never gave this one a chance. So. Gotcha. And what about you, Greg? Um, I played on Steam, and this was my first time ever hearing about this game at all, so like, I just went into this completely blind. Huh. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm interested why, like, what caused you guys to, to vote on this. In our uh, system. The other games were whack. <laughs> I don't even remember what, what was in the lineup. The title honest. of the game sounds interesting. <laughs> so, like, I, this this was a game that I um, I was familiar with. I had heard other podcasts talk about it, primarily Waypoint. And I I had seen it pop up on a couple of uh, uh, various, in, you know, game of the year discussions whenever an act would come out. And I'm like, how are they giving this this game that's not even in my head complete like game of the year like you know like it didn't make any sense to me yeah i agree and i was like how how like if anything too they're only ranking or rating a singular act they're not even ranking the entire game at least that's what i i felt like that's what it looked like to me um and that was probably because in recent years you know there was always the discussion around uh, uh pubg um, because it was in um, uh, which early call it? access, early yeah. access yeah. for the longest, and so that kind of opened up that Pandora's box. Sure, for sure. A lot of other games. I mean, because like I mean, I had been listening to game podcasts for a while, and I remember when Walking Dead had come out, and I remember how big of a deal it was that the game was so good. I think it the game was so good, but you had to wait for you to experience it all and i remember there being like a month or, or so that the, like it, an act was supposed to come out every month and they i think they missed a month or two for a couple of acts and people were like uh-oh if they don't get this this whole game out by the end of this year it won't be eligible for game of the year you know like and it's just yeah, crazy yeah. to see i think minecraft was another game where people weren't considering it a full game because it was like a uh, i think it was early access for the longest time too um, but I, uh, beyond that, I had just like, it was always a game and this is how I always feel about, uh, games that are released, uh, not all at once. It's like, I'm just going to wait till the whole thing is out before I'm going to even touch it. And right. Like this game, I'm so happy I did that because, um, being able to get, it, it, it made me have an, a better appreciation for the characters that were, as I was dealing with them in the game. Um, it felt like a complete journey to you, right? Exactly, versus yeah. like if there was like a two-year break in between playing Act 2 and Act 3, like I more than likely would, one, have to replay the game over again just to remember what happened. But then I kind of would have felt like um, I, I was getting like, I was just dipping in for a quick moment to see something instead of experiencing this overall story. But I, I think that this game could be played the, the other way too, but I'm glad that I waited. Yeah, I, I can't imagine playing this game episodically just because The Walking Dead and other games like that lend themselves to being episodic. Like they give you like a recap at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they tell you what choices you made in the previous episode mm. um whereas this one is almost it, there there's a lot of text i mean we were talking about it before <laughs> we started recording um this is like a novel and i can't imagine picking up a book 
reading one chapter and then waiting, you know, months or years later right, right. and reading another chapter and then doing that until completion of the book. Yeah, I mean, but the one thing I will say, like, that analogy I 100% agree with, but, like, there are so many characters, not so many, but you're not necessarily playing the same one character, one singular character in this game. Um, you're playing multiple characters, and if you look at it in a sense of, like, you're reading a book with five chapters, and each chapter kind of focuses on a different character, and they all interact and are dealing with each other, but you're, you're kind of maybe seeing it as five different arcs within a single story. I think that that makes sense. And some of the themes and things that this game is saying are very, very dire, like very sad, hopeless situations. And kind of getting all of that in one steady stream is kind of overwhelming in a sense too. Because it's like, damn, like what... Society sucks. <laughs> it has a lot of context, right? Like, yeah, a lot of context to understand the things that are happening in the game. And I know, I, I think that I, I, I was, I was one of those people that started playing in the beginning of the game, and I played the first chapter when it came out, and then I played, the, yeah, that, you said that was on a January, and then I think chapter two was on a May or yeah, it was May. Yeah, it was just a couple of months. So, so I was on board for this whole. Oh, I'm just gonna play this every couple of months, and I'm gonna be engaged. <laughs> and back then, that was when I was super into uh, quote unquote like Phoenix Wright games, visual novels, point and clicks, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm all in for this new story that is gonna like maybe in a year is gonna be done. And then after episode three took so long to to, to come out, it's kind of like a Half Life thing where the the hype just kind of died down, you know. And now that I'm playing it again, I'm like, oh, I'm glad I waited because I, I, I kind of forgot about the game and a lot of things mm -hmm. went to the back burner. Um, this, this, this game, um, I would have rather waited and I, I would rather play it the whole way through. Yeah. I'm not saying that playing it episodically is good. It's just I don't think that model in game development is, is, is right. You know, like games are not like TV shows where you can, okay, I'll just wait for the next season. Nah, like you, you want to like have everything now, or if you're gonna make it that way, it's really hard for the developers to deliver, and it just kind of like slips through the cracks, right? I was just about to make that same comparison because when this game first, or when the first episode or the first act was released, you know that was 2013. 2013, yes. And you know, seven years ago binge watching had just became like a real thing like even streaming services were still releasing shows episodically mm -hmm. but now like when streaming show when streaming platforms release a show it's all at once so you can binge watch an entire season of a show in a weekend mm -hmm. and, and i think that's just a part of you know the sign of the times like you know people would rather binge watch something than than watch it episodically of course depending on the genre but you know, you would rather have everything right there in front of you, like Jonah said. Well, this game is also, like, critiquing and talking about how things and norms in society are being left behind. So maybe you guys need to check yourselves hey. <laughs> and realize <laughs> that they're doing things the way they want to, the way things have always been. <laughs> Listen, we don't live in, in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou times. <laughs> hey, this is, this is a modern story. Yeah. Did you 
It's just, no, like for real. Like it, it, it's it's taking place in the moment. Like yeah, uh, it, it's not like you know this is not set in the eighties. Like I mean, I, and I get kind of why you would think that with some of the like you know the the TVs and, and things like that. But this is very much like. This is like seven. current times. Like, yeah, this is the, the 2010s. 2010s. The yeah, 2010s. <laughs> but also, I, I, one thing I, uh, that I like, I mean, I'm, admittedly, I'm still in the middle of the game, so I don't know the full details of the plot. But I like how the story is kind of like non-linear at times, or at least some plot points are not li- non-linear. And I, 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 I sometimes kind of imagine the game in this like big window between like the 90s and the nows. I, I don't, it's hard to explain. But I, I just, I can't pinpoint, like, an exact year on the things that are going on, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of like, um, this is an opportunity for us to nerd out, but, like, all those shows, uh, Twin Peaks and, um, like, even how Alan Wake is, anything set in, like, the Pacific Northwest, it, like, yeah. it has, like, a certain aesthetic that is, like... It doesn't matter if this is in the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, or whatever. It has, like, aesthetic, and, like, it's almost in a timeless sense. It's, like, this I can Kentucky, watch... Kentucky, though. <laughs> sure, sure, <laughs> like, but it still has... But it does it's... feel that way, yeah. <laughs> it, right, right. <laughs> like, they go to the woods. Like, there's to the like, woods. <laughs> uh, there's a flood at one point. Like, just, like, yeah. heavy rain and, like, boats and... Yeah, like, everything still checks off those things that, like, when you think of, when you think, like... Oh, like this is Pacific Northwest. Oh, Life is Strange is another one too. Um, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, it just has that aesthetic that and that moody, vibe, that moody, <laughs> surreal, like, like ooh feeling. Yeah, and it, like you said, it's set along I sixty five, which is like literally like five minutes from my house. <laughs> you know, it's 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 really cool. What it's I like fun. about the way that they're handling like the location, I love the random bust out bluegrass moments in the game. And it's just for me personally, like that's that's one thing that I haven't been around ever since I was a, a, a kid. Like a lot of people in the Midwest do, right? So every time, <laughs> so every time I hear like that 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 twang, the banjo and stuff, I'm like, oh, I love it. Yes, I love it. Give me more. No, I just was. It's not a Midwest thing. <laughs> it's a, it's like it's definitely like a Kentucky thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then like uh like it's all like it's always seen in the movies. Like I remember the Looney Tune movie, but I always thought it was like a Southern like uh, redneck Louisiana yeah. type thing, like the Marsh people. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely like a because the, the it's Kentucky bluegrass is you know kind of like. Uh, it's a thing, so yeah, it's not definitely it's not a Midwest thing. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, every time I, they break into those moments, that, that's that's another reason why I've, I've I've taken so long with the game. I just stay there and I just soak it in, like just vibe out. It just yeah, the game is a one big vibe. It's one big mood. <laughs> oh man, like I I always feel like every time we do an episode. I always feel like I don't know how we start this and this is like the most true about this game is like what do you guys want to talk about let's talk about it do you guys have anything specifically that well, you want to start with I, I guess it's fair that we don't go past episode 3 or act 3 yeah we don't we don't have to talk about necessarily story beats or like environments yeah. but but like it, how the game progr- like the flow of the game yeah yeah I, I I absolutely I absolutely adore how the game in, in, in how they tell the story 
it, it doesn't feel like even though it's very linear and th there's very little gameplay on it I feel like I'm choosing what's happening to the characters I feel like I'm almost like a game master on a Dungeons and Dragons <coughs> game and, and the way that people interact and like the things that happen in the game I don't know if they're that linear or not I haven't looked at how the past in the story work but I feel like everything that is happening is because of the actions that the actions that it shows. I, th I think one of the things they did say about the game is like, it, no matter what choice you make, like I think the events still kind of play out the same way. Yeah, I would imagine. But they they do a really good job at hiding it. Oh like, yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. yeah. It, it's funny that Jonas mentioned D and D because when I was playing this game in the very first act, you run into those that group of people mm -hmm. they're playing D and D in the basement. And as soon as I got to that scene, I immediately thought, okay, we're in for some flavor. Because, I mean, that's pretty much all D&D &D is, is. Like, yeah, you're playing this game, but the main thing about it is the flavor that's added in there. Mm -hmm. um, all the, I mean, this game is just full of flavor text. It describes everything to the, the most minute detail. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like such a... <coughs> I have like... A couple of different things that you guys have said that I want to branch off and talk about. Uh, one, um, the one of the things that I wrote down was like you don't control the characters; you're like literally directing a play. So you're like not in control of a character. You're just saying like this is this is what this person is going to mention, or this is what this person is going to mention, and you're like literally creating you're shaping the discussions that these people have and you are basically creating these characters. Dude, you just blew me away. You just... I don't know if you've played the in-between <laughs> chapters. I think you said you have I did not. I haven't. I haven't. That's crazy. How, the way you say it like that because one of the in-between chapters is literally a play and like it, it plays out like a scene and then you look back and there's like a whole audience like a play. Oh my... Dude, that's that's the thing. This is like you're, you're directing a play. That's great. Hold yeah. on. So, so you're not required to play those? Like the interludes? No, I didn't. I, I missed oh. them. I didn't even know they were a thing. So like the on Switch, I guess it's just they, with the they TV only edition. Came out now. Okay, maybe it's just the TV edition that requires you to play the game, um, you know, in that order. But yeah, between each chapter, there's like a little mini episode that's like. An see, interlude. see, so it doesn't make you play it because I completely skipped them. I'm playing the TV edition too. Um, you can. I thought that the text that was after each number was the name of the chapter. So I, when I, I was moving, when I was moving the too. compass, I was just moving to the numbers. Oh, I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, that happened to me too. So I completely skipped all those interludes in between. So I didn't like. I, I ended up reading, um, finding out about that later, and I'm like, crap. Like I'm gonna at some point, I'll just like replay the game. And no, but I don't think you're missing anything because those interludes came out. In January, so all of that is new. It's all new content that came out with the final. Well, game. from what my understanding is, what I read was that it was like it, you weren't playing like main main characters, but like there was themes and things in those that were relating to the yeah, upcoming. They episode. introduce you to yeah. some of the characters, and as far as I know, that was the only quote unquote gameplay in the game too. Like the only time, like you're doing something beyond just clicking. Well, the the ones I've played so far, they're. Even though the the flow of those inter in, in between chapters are similar, I don't I haven't I don't I don't like. It's not I don't game. think I don't think I've yeah. It's just oh. different. Like it's not like a point and click. It's more like a scene that's playing out, and 
where you're focusing at the moment is the uh-huh. narrative and and like I said, the game flows extremely well. Like I, I'm such a fan of, of how they are, um, like how the engine works because I I, I I haven't felt like I've missed anything so far. Okay. Yeah. So like just kind of going off of what I was saying is like you you're you're slowly creating these characters and who you set them up to be. So like it without okay. Who who who? How far did you get, uh, Greg? Uh, I started Act 4. Act 4? And then, Jonas, you said you're in Act 3? In between, yeah. And you finished the game, Trevor? Yeah, I finished the game. Okay. So, like, I, this is not going to be spoilerly, whatever. Yeah. Um, but, like, that final act, you're not controlling any of the characters that you've been up until that point. And those characters are operating on their own. So you're, like, creating the character, like, their wants and desires as you're playing up until that chapter or that act. And then you see some of that stuff starting to be played out. And I really, really dug that. I, I like, initially when I was playing Chapter 5 or Act 5, I was just kind of like, whoa, this is, I'm not, like, nothing is really happening but then when I realized what I had to do and what was going on, I was like, oh, this is actually pretty sick. Is um, it kind of like the, the museum part where the whole chap like that whole part of the museum <laughs> act, uh, it's just you're 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 like you're playing as the security guards seeing these these guys like talk to the residents of the museum? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's dope. I love yeah. that. I and yeah. I forgot all about that. Like I, I I was like, Oh yeah, like claps, mm-hmm. wonderful director there. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, like, even though we're saying, like, yeah, like, the situations and the the, the points in the game are get, always going to happen, just some of the interactions you have and some of the characters, like, your Junebug and your Johnny can be completely, have a completely different ending at the end, depending on the conversation pieces that you, you chose earlier on. So even though they are always going to have that show... Like that, the ending part of like what they do at the end is going to be completely different. Same thing with like Shannon, and same thing with um, uh, just her attitude on certain things is going to be completely different. Ezra as well. Um, so I, I really, really like like I've never played a game like this before where you're like, it feels like there's consequence actually. Exactly. Like, like, yeah, that's it, a problem with a lot of visual novels and point-and-click adventure games. I feel like no matter what I do, the characters are the same. But in this one, like I, I feel it like there's completely different reactions for the same situation. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear that you say that in the final act, it kind of like plays out. Yeah, that just makes me want to like actually care about, like in my head, what these characters are doing. Yeah, like there was never a point where I was like, you know what I miss? I miss the Johnny's gonna remember this, or like you know, knowing when something that you said or did is an, an important part in the story. It's like in this game, like everything is not important, but everything is important at the same time. So you're having like a super uh, innocent conversation where it's just Conway and Shannon just talking about Conway's uh, past. And his relationship with the person that is his boss and like what's going on with the company he works for. But then, you know, later on in the game, she's going to maybe bring up or mention some of the things and you can like 
you're, you guys are talking about, like, it, it, in all of our stories, they're probably talking about the same thing, but the entire vibe and just, like, way the conversation is going can be completely different. I think and one I of the really, best really examples... Like one of the best examples of that is like really early on when you're at the gas station and the attendant, I can't remember his name, ask um, your dog's name. Mm-hmm. And it actually gives you options to choose from. So mm-hmm. like you're you're not just responding, you're not just giving a response. You're you really are shaping this game because throughout the rest of the game, that's what you call your dog. You, and like, what, there's what no right or wrong answer. All right, I'm gonna guess. Uh, Greg did blue. Trevor did blue. Jonas did Homer. Wow. Okay, I did Homer. <laughs> I mean, you're you right. Homer. Oh, you did Homer, Greg? Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn. Okay, two out of three. I already know Trevor. I already know Trevor. My dog's name actually is Blue. So. <laughs> I did Homer as well. Yeah, Homer game. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like Homer and the Odyssey, and like you're basically like. You know, you're you're going on this this epic with this dog, dude. I just thought of The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, did I? There was another thing that somebody had said that I wanted to like. The thing I okay. Uh, so this game, like I defined it, or like it's defined as a point and click adventure game, but like there is no. I want to say the only puzzle in the game is that finding that D12 or D20 in the very beginning. Yeah, and if you want to keep it or or take it with you, right? But I mean even then like just just the, the act of finding it. That's really Oh, that's it. the only that's the only element of like a point and click. Yeah. 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 Just like that. you're saying as far as like you have to turn off the lights or read the um the sign to give you Yeah, the yeah, and... like that's the only like puzzle and that's also the only time where you're like do you want to put this in your inventory? That's the only time. And I really, really, like, I think, like, something like that would play so differently if you had to wait in between acts. Because you're thinking, like, okay, like, the next act, maybe there's going to be a little bit more gameplay or something like that, right? And then, so, like, I think certain things that they do in this game are, like, setting up your expectation of what's going to happen and it does not not necessarily doesn't deliver, but it kind of subverts what you were expecting was going to happen. And that was one of those examples where it's like that's super early in the game. And you're like, oh, well, that's kind of easy, but I, you know, I wonder what I'm going to use this D24. Just thinking in in line of like other point and click adventure games that you have made played in the past. I mean, um, let, let's be honest here. There's there's gameplay games and then there's story games. And sometimes when you're playing a story game. The, the gameplay kind of gets in the way, and um, I appreciate that this game is, is kind of shameful in, 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 in the way that, okay, this is a game, quote-unquote, a game, but <laughs> this is really, like, like we said, this is a novel, and even if it plays out like a game and, like, you're a director of a play, but really you're here for the story, let's be honest. And everybody got interested in the game because of the story or the visuals. The gameplay, I feel like if they added more of that point-and-click gameplay... Maybe it would have gotten in the way of the narrative, and we're all here for the narrative, I think. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I see Greg saying, eh. <laughs> <laughs> So I have a feeling how Greg feels about this uh, game. <laughs> um, Quote-unquote game. Well, I mean, what do, what do you guys think? Like, um, I, I had the question. I mean, we can, we can throw in some of my questions. I had the question down. Uh, is this a video game? 
I mean, yeah, it technically it is. <laughs> yeah, do you use a controller? You know, I am. You know, so. I just use my mouse. Oh, fair enough. Well, there you go. <laughs> I just use my mouse. It's one of those. I, it, it has. It definitely has that. Um, that indie game, indie artsy game genre. You know what I mean? Like those 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 games that are trying to be more like a piece of art than an actual game. So in that sense, you know. You said they're trying hard. They're kind of trying hard, but I I like it. Like I'm here for it. Like I'm I'm right in that demographic when you look at like how the story and like the locations and everything. But I can totally get why it could be like if you're not into that in the first place. Like I don't know. And I, go ahead, I, I think the other thing that kind of catches people atten- uh, people's attention with this game is all the literary and um, like film references that this game adds. Um, but if you don't really catch on to any of that, then it's I don't know. It's hard to find a, a point of reference in this game. Like, why is that? You know, why is it interesting that it, the dog's name is Homer? You know why yeah, is the Marquez yeah. name you know significant? So well, I mean, like even if you don't necessarily know some of that stuff, like just you know that's like little—I won't even say breadcrumbs. It's like a little nods to like if you know, you know. But that doesn't make or break whether somebody's experience, in my opinion, is like what they take away from the story. Like that's just like a little like well, here's, I, here's I, a little I, reference. I think in this game it adds to it because once you get to the zero and and you see what it actually is and you start seeing oh well there's there's references to um you know um like uh, theories and and other like physics and, and you know I'm not really into you know I'm not that deep into like quantum theory and all that kind of stuff but mm-hmm. once you see that that's what they've included in this game you kind of see where they're going with it Gotcha. I I don't know. Like, I kind of. But I, I don't. I could see somebody not having any like point of reference to, or not understanding any of those references, and still enjoying this game. Yeah, like I don't know, like because I I feel like this game, it it even just without the references, like you said, like somebody should be able to enjoy, should be able to enjoy this game because it it altered. There still is a lot there. Like that that first act, it's very mysterious. Like you like that gas station with those those people playing the D and D, like you don't know what's going on there. You meet this weird stranger like gas attendant and he's like, you know, go downstairs and turn on the power. Then you are thinking like why is this dude sitting out of his side of this gas station with no power on? And like that's kinda weird. And then you're trying to find this mysterious place and you're you know, like I'm not sure what's going on. Um and then like when you meet that girl when you meet uh what is her name? Uh the Weaver. Uh, oh, Weaver, Weaver, Weaver. Yeah, yeah. When you meet Weaver, and it's like that whole interaction is super interesting and just super surreal. Then when you're head to the mine, and you're just like, "Yo, wait, wait. Uh, this is how I was supposed to get to zero, but this is just like a, a dead end." And like, like th- there's a lot of mystery to what's going on, and I think it really hits those p- Pacific Northwest things that we were talking about. That vibe too. Uh, I like it because when we're, uh, how do I say this? When we're going that that deep, man. When we're going that deep, mm-hmm. 
it's really easy to come off as maybe pretentious or inaccessible, but I feel like even though they're referencing all these things, it's not like in your face and it's not like, oh, it doesn't make, like, it, you can still go in and enjoy the story for the story and, and the references and, and the obvious uh, kind of like hidden lore behind certain things. Yeah, it's you not know, like they, Family Guy where the joke isn't funny if you don't understand what the exactly, talking about. exactly. Like, there, I mean, there's even like hidden things. Like, I didn't find this out until like doing a little research, but that gas station. So I, it's this. It's a horse. If you look at like the 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 part that's above ground is the horse's head and neck. Oh yeah. And then when you go down underground, if you were to zoom out all the way. You're in the body of the horse with the legs and everything, and, it, oh, and it's. Crazy. I didn't even see that part. Whoa! Yeah, like here, I'm gonna I'm gonna send that to you guys because it's super obvious. Like I don't know how much of it you can see uh, in the game, but it's just like something that's like because I, I was trying to figure out what the significance of horses were in the game and like why, like what was the, the through line with that? Did you, did you get the link? Yeah. Oh, I see it. it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and like I. I mean, that's just something I didn't know, but I, I thought that was super cool. And there's, like, things like that where it's, like, you get in what you put in, you know, or you take out what yeah. you put in. So, like, if you want to do a deep dive and try to get a lot of the references and stuff, you can do that. You can get a better appreciation for the game. But I still feel like there's enough there in the game to to yeah. deliver on, like, even if you don't know all, this, all the things. Yeah, no, no spoilers. I... The whole thing with the horses and and the random horses in in, in the the whole <coughs> game, I just thought that was a Twin Peaks reference because in Twin Peaks the the white horse is kind of like a plot point or mm-hmm. like a, like a, just a thing that it, like a mysterious thing in in the series, and I just thought oh they they took that white horse symbolism they put it in this game, and I didn't know they actually like. They all this like it's just hidden plain sight. You sent me this picture, and I'm just like, yeah, oh, yeah, duh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like, I mean, it also kind of ties into. I mean, Kentucky is uh, is where they have the Kentucky Derby, you know. And so, like, horses uh, are like a big thing in Kentucky, anyways. Like race horse racing and everything. And like the game is it, it like kind of embodies the aesthetic and spirit of like Americana. So like, there's like highway winding highways and gas stations and dive bars and white picket fences and bluegrass music and like all these things that are supposed to invoke some type of like being proud or just like uh kind of like the american the idyllic american experience yeah exactly exactly culture and and it's a very specific culture and and even though it kind of feels all also like a like a pacific northwest kind of thing um yeah, it it really ties into like when you think about the game, you're not gonna be disappointed. Kentucky Route Zero and like it kind of like plays out in the game with the stuff you see and and the stuff you read, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. The so whole whiskey. Can I thing. branch off of um of this image that you sent? Yeah, yeah. So I want to go back to when uh, I can't remember who mentioned it, but basically about the um the in between episode, the interlude. Yeah. That yeah. is basically where you're um, like watching a play mm-hmm. and once I got to that scene I thought I understood this game I mean it it just kind of blew my mind when this scene started and I know you, you said you haven't played it Marcus but do you care if 
I spoil it for you? No, no, no. I mean, just the the details of it. But basically, you start and you're looking at this table, and it's it's almost as if you're a um, a patron, like sitting at a table eating, um, and there's there's a couple of things laid out on the table. But then, as you look up and you're going through all this dialogue, you realize, you know, these people are, are talking around you, and then you can you can kind of move around. Um, and every time you change your view, um, you can look up and the lights are like actual stage lighting and they change depending on where you're looking. Um, and so if you like towards the end, if you turn around, um, you actually see the audience like behind you. And that part made me realize like everything in this game every single scene is really like a set piece like if you look mm-hmm. at the gas station like it's very stylized um you know pretty much everything they try to make it so it's it looks like a work of art like you can take yeah. a screenshot of this game um whenever you are um, driving the truck and you pull up to a house or um you know to any building you look at the landscape and the the silhouette of the house and you can really see like the detail that was put into that even though this game doesn't have like a lot of detail it's kind of it kind of has that low poly look i mean there is a lot of detail and attention put into how this game is perceived like while you're playing it um just from a visual standpoint can i can i say something about that play oh yeah when i when i realized that i could move the camera and then when I when I when I moved the camera, I only, I only moved it a little bit, and I only saw darkness, and I continued the ho- almost the whole scene. And then I decided to move at it again. And when I saw the audience, that just blew my mind. Like, whoa! Like, yeah. holy crap! I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I had that same reaction. Have you guys Have you guys seen Twin Peaks season three? No, no, I've no. only watched like a few episodes of that show. Like, I, I always wanted to get into it. But... <laughs> you can't. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is. No, I get it, and I, 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 I get <laughs> season three is a totally different beast. Like it's, it, it, it's barely the same show. But in it, just real quick, in Twin Peaks, there there was like an after credits thing, or, or like a just before the credit scenes where you just got like scenes with random, extremely random characters in a bar talking about extremely random situations that have nothing to do with the plot itself of Twin Peaks. And I feel like these interludes are like a nod to that pre-credit scene, random characters just giving you a whole like uh, situation, and, and it's more like of the it's more like about the mood of the things that they're talking to uh, they're talking about instead of the things that they, that they're talking about have anything to do with the plot of the actual game. It's just like oh, we're gonna. Sh- it's more like a world building thing, and I, that that's the vibe I'm getting with these in between things. Like they're just kind of like stressing the point of the game even more with random unrelated storylines I love it it's like I, I, I didn't watch the the third season but I, I watched the other two and so I, I really dug that show but I definitely can see why Greg uh, was like couldn't get into it because it's definitely it's it's different I think <laughs> it's, it's different in Waypoint they actually I've never seen Twin Peaks by the way so um, Treat yourself. I mean, I've, I've only been in the restaurant one time, and it was eh. It was right. 
Ever been in the restaurant? <laughs> I would but, hate um, to go and it not being good. I would hate to do that. I'd rather leave it to fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> I think Waypoint actually used uh, the show Atlanta, Donald Glover show, mm-hmm. um, as like a. I don't know if that's kind of Twin Peaks esque. Y- yeah. So like one of the things I actually I recently rewatched Atlanta with my wife because she had never watched it like the whole season one and two. And I was kind of telling her, like, there are some times where we're watching an episode and she's like, I, what? I don't like, like the one episode of the kid was in white face at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's like, what? I don't get it. And I was like, it's not necessarily like, I don't have an explanation for why this is. It's not about kid. getting it. It's about the feeling that you're having when you're seeing it. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, you know what? Like there's Twin Peaks and there's these other shows and movies where people are allowed to do surreal stuff not to say that no nobody said you can do this or whatever and I appreciate that now we're like seeing a person a black person doing that and showing a, doing a surreal thing because this is not necessarily something that maybe your typical black person is exposed to not to say that he's more cultured or anything like that but like I don't necessarily know a lot of people that were watching Twin Peaks <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it's like it's just not like the, the the media that they're consuming. It usually doesn't. It's not necessarily surreal. So um, I don't know. Like, I I, I kind of wish. Like I was thinking about it when Jonas was talking about it, and I was like, "There's this is like an MF Doom album, or this yeah. is like this is like a Kendrick album, where it's like he's like the way the characters are growing in this." in this game and like are shifting and changing and the interactions and stuff that they're having it's no different than like a Kendrick Lamar album where he's like yo this is Keisha right here I'm gonna reference her on this album but then if you listen two albums later or like even a different song he may make a mention or reference of that's some, so crazy you some, say that yeah I get it completely I get it it feels like a Kendrick album I, I that's yeah what I yeah say. it's really weird to say but I get it yeah, and, and like that—that's kind of how you can kind of view this game, where it's like, because you know, a lot of times Kendrick albums also have themes, and then it's also like the albums are—they may seem like they're overarching storyline, or the the thing they're talking about is one thing, but then when you place them all together, then there's an overarching gap amongst the three albums, and and all this type of things, and like this game is like. Yo, this is what happens when capitalism goes out of control, and like they have this co- the company or the, the the baddie, the bad guys, the consolidated power company, and they kind of just bought up and a lot of businesses and like a lot of people's livelihood and well being was because oh they were a miner working for the consolidated power or they were working at the the comms station for them or all these different things where these people's livelihoods were. Uh, either because of this big energy company or smaller ones and just things happened and oh they either like in some like there's so many tragic stories in this game where it was like oh these miners and um, then the mine flooded and 28 people lost their lives and like oh, that's that and like just like the after effects of like a community and like a like that has to deal with like we the just whole, the processing the grief Exactly. You mentioned, you mentioned something about the 2008 recession. I mm-hmm. I had no idea that the game kind of like got inspired or branched off that 
real life scenario. Well, I mean, I'm assuming like this is me projecting a little bit. I'm assuming these guys, just based off of what I've read about them, I don't think they're that much like older than us. So I'm assuming that they were getting out of college around that time. And yeah. uh, like I, I, I was going into college in 20, 2008. But like I, you know, I, I know I know there's a ton of people that we're dealing with a lot of financial hardships after graduating and thinking, oh, I got my degree, getting a job will be a breeze, and then just like nothing. People were being laid off and all that. And so like this is that event shaped a large portion of our society and like just people like the the creatives that are putting out stuff now, you know? So like like it's really interesting to see because it was like I'm like a little too young I'm a little too young of a millennial to like uh, have experienced like the hardship of trying to get a job out of college like I had a, I had a struggle like don't get me wrong like it took me like half a year to get a, a real job out of college but it, it wasn't in the same the, the, it wasn't the, like you had a family or you yeah had, like, yeah the, <laughs> the economy but, was completely different in 2012 yeah. versus 2008 you know but even then I feel like a lot of people that were Alive, even if they were kids. I, I mean, a lot of parents lost their jobs, mm-hmm. and and it, it really shines through in 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 a lot of things that are going on, like the janitor, the um, the the Shannon. You know, she's she's like on her last legs. You know, yeah, like everybody. Like I mean, Conway is working for an antique company that like a, it's he's doing deliveries, and like he's an older person already that's been around the block, and like the business isn't doing well. And then on top of that, like just all the different characters. Shannon, who's the first character that he meets, is um, she's a uh, you f- she's a Marquez, uh, so the reference to the dude. But they're a uh, Hispanic family, and they had a like a, a hardship, economic hardship. So you find out yeah. that Weaver, their daughter, uh, she's basically on the run because she's not trying. Like the people are out, out to get her because they mm-hmm. she owes money. And um, so that's why she's like disappeared, and that's why she's hard to track. It's because she's trying to stay a step ahead of everybody. Yeah. And, and then Shannon is a TV repair person, which is like not necessarily a job title that you see a, a lot nowadays. The uh, Junebug and um, uh, Johnny are they're like I guess you could say classically trained. They're they're the sons or the the, the sons and daughters of miners. And that was basically all that was set up for them to do. And that's why, like, they kind of... I think they made a couple of references. Like, I have the, 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 the skills or know-how of a minor or things like that. Because that was what the path was set up for them to do. And then then mining just wasn't then, a viable then, option. Yeah. <laughs> and even with even with Shannon, they, they kind of overshadow that by saying, Oh, the she's a TV repair person, but the new... The new models are giving her trouble or something like mm-hmm, that. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys got that dialogue, but yeah, but yeah it kind of like, ooh, yeah, of course, because new TVs, right? Yeah. yeah. And then, like, later on, like, I think it's chapter or act four, like, there's, they go to, like, a, a telephone company or whatever, and they were saying, like, oh, we used to have, like, all these people here that were transferring people's lines and whatever, and they literally saying, like, oh, they basically technology kind of worked them out of a job and now they're down to the last person and she's been that's the only job she's ever had she's only i think she said i'm in my late 30s or uh, and i've been doing this for 20 years or something like that and she said i don't know how i'm supposed to start over because i don't know what to, you know like i don't know what i can do 
and it, it was just kind of like super sad because she's like doing this job and she knows that her time there is limited because eventually her just like everybody else is going to get replaced and it's yeah like I have the uh, um, every everybody in this game is being left behind by society by, for one reason or another so if you if you take away the the whole aesthetics and surrealism and, and the, the deep David Lynch, Gabriel Garcia Marquez factor of it, would you say this game is kind of like a political statement or not really? Because it feels like it, but it doesn't feel... In, it, it feels like it's talking about the consequence of capitalism, but it's not like, oh, capitalism bad, right? I think the characters are kind of speaking to that already, like within the game. Like, they know who they're working for and who's kind of responsible for some of the things that have have happened to this community. So I don't think the game necessarily has to put it in there and paint them as like an, an antagonist in this game, but the you know, the characters are already speaking to that. I think it's kinda of like judge me by my like I guess how I act. Kind of, and it's like these characters, they don't really have any, they have all the reason to be mad about capitalism, but like literally they're just trying to survive, you know, like they, like you see Conway, no spoilers, but like he's riddled with like guilt at some points for like owing people stuff and it like, it, it, it literally like changes like him as a person literally you know and just like some of the interactions that people have where it's like this is a necessity but it's like there's no, what else are you going to do this is the only way and like a lot of times it's just these people are like I, I i don't think it's i don't think it's like these characters have to say outwardly that capitalism is bad or anything like that they're just kind of like a byproducts of a capitalist society really And so I don't, I don't think this game is necessarily a political statement. I think it's just showing the realities of a system, <laughs> you know? Like, we've definitely played, like... And, I, and maybe, this is, maybe this is, like, not the way to look at it, but, like, if you want to see, like, a capitalism is bad game, like, this ain't... I don't think this is... This ain't it. This ain't it. Yeah. Well, I, I think it, it, it doesn't necessarily like. It's like, more so showing the um, it's more social, the results yeah. of it. Because the thing is, man, when you're neck deep in debt, you don't really have time to think about why am I here in the first place. You're just you're just trying to get out of the hole, right? And I feel like this game talks a lot about that. Like you, like these characters are just trying to like escape this bad situation that that is extremely common, right? And it seems like. It, right now in the story it seems like everybody is in that same situation and you just reminded me of that scene with Darius in Atlanta where he's yeah, just like yeah. you know poor people don't have time for investments they're too yeah. busy being poor yeah I, I, ha I need to see Atlanta I, yes you do I yeah. just haven't seen it in any streaming platform that I it's use on, like, it's hey, on Netflix it's on Hulu see man uh, <laughs> we can talk about that later <laughs> <laughs> But but yeah, like that. That's really like yeah, like like you said, poor people they can't invest. They're just too busy trying to be poor and just yeah. That, that's exactly. It's not like what can I do with this money a month, a week from now? It's like no, what can I do with this money right now? 
Like I, I, you know, I need this money to survive to get to tomorrow, and not yeah. necessarily I need this money to set up my future for you know not even a week from now. And that is also a a, a plot theme in the the book that I was mentioning earlier, One Hundred Years of Solitude, where yeah, poverty strikes or like economic hardship comes around and it affects characters in certain ways, right? So everything you know, they they were going for a very specific feeling with this game, I I think. Yeah, um, kind of going back a little bit, uh, ring, ringing it back around, uh, what did you guys think of the art style? I liked it. Was it like, it, it, like Trevor said, it was kind of like a low poly, but like there wasn't a lot, there was like hardly, if any, detail on characters' faces, right? Yeah. And it was like, I really did like the, it was a lot of shading and silhouettes and just using of perspective and lighting and it was like super subtle but like it was super like effective yeah it it kind of goes with the because like the vibe i got from the game at the start was just kind of like i didn't know what it was right i didn't know if this is like a kind of like a uh like a scary like thriller type game or like what to expect out of it right just because you boot it up you look at the art style you kind of hear how like you see how eerie things are you don't really know what to you know what you got yourself into Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just me. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I, I I was really I any time the cameras like change perspective, like the minecart one, I was like, this is sick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. this is tight. Um, there was another uh, like when you're in the museum, seeing like the stuff change perspective was really cool. Like any time the camera was literally shifting and like, it was making the two D area look three D by the, rotating yes. the map, it was so I, I loved it and. And when I saw that happening, and <laughs> I've been playing around with Unity, and then I, I saw in the Wikipedia that they actually made this game in Unity, and like, oh, it makes sense because that's one thing that Unity is good for. Like, things just blend in with the background, and the background is actually like 3D, right? Um, yeah, I I love how the game kind of like um, it, it, it has a certain aesthetic, but it's also like, damn, it, it's just so pretty. It, it, it's like. Every every shot could be like a painting, right? Mm-hmm, <laughs> just the mm-hmm. way that the graphics engine works with the game, like the lighting and and there's one part that I really liked in the forest where um, some sometimes the trees kind of like blur out part of the house or like certain elements kind of like fade away the the more to the right you move to the screen. Oh man, I I, I I'm I'm a huge fan of how the game just just shows you like the, just the the whole visual overload that you sometimes get. Yes, yes. Um, what about you, Trevor? As far as like the aesthetic of the game? Yeah. So one of my favorite things about this game, which you don't see too much of it in the latter parts of it, or at least it's it's not presented the same way, but is the, like the traveling um, in the first chapter when you're driving in the truck, when you travel from one area to the other. Mm-hmm. In the wheel. Um, that aesthetic in the map, it has like this, I don't know what you would call it, like a, like a CRT monitor type visual. You're talking about like where it's like a vector kind of, like it's just like super simple black background with like white lines. Yeah. And then, um, like that, that entire, um, I don't want to call it a sequence because you can revisit that, um, 
as you're traveling, but that that map, the overworld, or... yeah. Whenever they utilize that, as well as like once you get to the zero, and the directions that it gives you, where it's just kind of like um, once you get to the crystal, turn around and keep going. Um, like that whole area was just like the coolest thing to me, and I'm glad they incorporated that in the game because that's kind of like the vibe I get whenever. Um, like, I don't know. I know you were saying this game is based on, like, modern times, but mm-hmm. it just feels like it's, like, real dated. And mm-hmm. even, like, with the style of the gas station and the fact that, um, you know, Shannon is a, a TV repair person and, that and you know, she has to repair that, that, um, that old fatback TV, um, for, um, forgot who it was, um, for that one house, like, in the first chapter. The Marquez house? Yeah. Um, it just, like, that aesthetic just feels like it belongs in this game. Yes. Yes. Um, they're, because they also have that part, too, when you're messing with the Xanadu. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was one thing I like, too. Yeah. I I don't know, like, it's, it's not necessarily, it's like... I can't think of if we played a game. Uh, did we play a game with like art style, or am I thinking of? Um, yes, we did. Um, Oberdin. Yeah, like you, could, you could change the. I thought um, I played that game. I guess the color. Like, yeah, that's true. I was gonna say like, if anything, the only game I could ever think of was Asteroids, like the, the yeah. Asteroids for Atari. Where it's like super simple, like just a black background with a white, just drawing, like line drawing. That would be like a <clears throat> um, the closest thing I could think of. Um, I was gonna say, I, like I said, the silhouettes and just the lighting in it, like I thought was super sick. And kind of piggybacking off of that, anytime, like just the entire, like. Anytime they had music in this game, especially when they brought about, like, those characters that were playing it in the background or foreground, like, the music in this game was hitting, one, (laughs) and two, like, the times where you, as as the player, get to interact and affect the music sequences were among my favorite parts in this game. So we're going to talk about that one sequence? Hey, let's talk about it. <laughs> the one in the which which one which one? one? You talking about Act Three, right, Trevor? Yep. You you mean the the performance in the bar? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, that was oh, crazy. Yeah. Yes. Was crazy. <laughs> like so, you 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 end up meeting these two characters. Like, I guess kind of as a little backstory is like um, you guys, it's you and uh, our Conway and uh, Shannon and another character. They're on the highway. They get, uh, I think their car breaks down or something. <laughs> they, they need to get a tow, and they're on the highway, and these two kids or whatever, these two people on motorcycles drive by, see you, and I'm like, hey, we'll help you, but uh, if we help you, then you got to come to our show. We're about to do a show at this bar, this dive bar. Um, I can't remember what it was called, um, but... Uh, they're like, all right, sure, whatever. And so they go to this dive bar, and then there's nobody there. These kids, apparently, they have this standing appointment with the, the owner. 
that every Friday or whatever they they get to do a show, and uh, I guess he pays them based upon how many people are there to view it. So they're like, well, he's like, I can't pay you. Then nobody's here. He's like, no, no, we brought some people. And then they give this performance, and you're thinking, oh, these kids are going to be like super shitty, you know, like these like crust punk kids, like you know, I, I like I I visualize them in my head as like these like kind of punk kind of uh, leather jacket wearing kind of kids. They probably just play music really fast and really loud, and uh, then they literally like they change clothes like on the stage as they're doing this performance. The roof of the the building gets blown off, and you're just seeing the skies, and it's just like this super melodic, like dreamy sounding vocals are coming out of this girl, and I'm like, what the hell? Like, like no lie, I was playing this <laughs> this part um, like really late at night, and I thought I was dreaming. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it is be- like it's beautiful too, like how she's singing and like the visuals that are going on and everything, and it's just like, man, like how how like how do they nail this so hard? I want I want to replay that part specifically. <laughs> I I absolutely it, it it is such a Twin Peaks thing too. Like mm-hmm. if you like that, yo, you gotta see season three of Twin Peaks. Um, <laughs> It's definitely like, uh, like I just get, I just got it. Like even, even the way it sounded, like, oh yeah, of course, this guy loves Twin Peaks. They mm-hmm. had to put this in the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, and and then there was a, like a, a later part too. But I was like, I think like in my notes that I wrote down was um, uh, the music keeps getting better and better. Uh, wow, the performance, the the outfit change, the roof coming off, the sky, like the show that's going on in the sky. I'm like, man, like all of this is like so sick right now. Yeah, when that was playing, I was like, man, they literally tore the roof off. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and, and I just, <laughs> this is just a, a random thought that I got playing this game. And now that you mentioned the way you met. Uh, these two characters, Johnny and Junebug, doesn't... Okay, <laughs> you tell me. It kind of feels like this could be like some sort of like aesthetic Scooby-Doo game, right? Like, you're just piling on these different types of characters and the way they're all like getting to know each other and interacting, and then there's the dog. I don't know. I just... The, in my head, it's just, oh, this could be kind of like a cool Scooby... Like, this is like a Scooby-Doo mystery machine type of feel right now with all these characters like jumping in and everybody's like just so different but also it's like a ragtag like, group yeah yeah it's like a ragtag group uh, I, yeah I'm a sucker for that <laughs> yeah yeah I definitely saw that see that too for sure. um trying to think if I had I, I don't want to hit on any particular plot points um just because I don't want to spoil it and plus you guys haven't finished it do you you intend to finish it Jonas what about you uh Greg yeah, I'll probably finish it just to see uh, see if where it goes. To be honest, I will spoil this for you. There is another musical number in there. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I I, I really like that too because you get to choose the lyrics and everything too. So it's just oh, man, I'm a sucker for and, that. And there is a little bit of choice in the other musical number too. Yeah. 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 Um. So I had a couple of different 
questions, but I guess some of them we can't answer if you guys haven't um, gotten to the end. So we talked about this art style. You guys didn't feel like we talked about the dialogue. Um, I guess what was your guys' favorite act of the ones you guys played? Maybe Act Four, not Act Four, Act Three for me, just because I kind of dug the uh, the whole Xanadu section. That's Act Four. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah, that's it. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm oh, no, sorry. No, yeah, I was yeah. about to say that's what I'm at right now. Yeah. That's Act Three. That's Act Three. Okay. My bad. My bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I kind of dug that whole section. Just kind of the the whole old school vibe of just kind of you know typing up the. I guess it's kind of like a. Um, what is it? The choose your own adventure type game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of dug that. What about you, Trevor? Definitely three, just because it had so much range to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the Xanadu. I like the musical number. Um, the whole scene at the at the tree was pretty cool. Um, let's see, there was another thing I liked about. Oh, that was when you. Um, um, that was when you go to the factory, or not the factory, but the um, where basically Conway gets a, another job. That's in Act Three. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay, okay. That part, yeah, that was pretty weird too. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just and even the interlude, like at the like between episodes three and four, um, like in the walkthrough that I'm looking at now, it includes that. Um, as a part of chapter three and that one after that was just like hilarious to me I don't <laughs> I guess Marcus since you haven't played any of the interludes um, I, won't, I mean I won't you can spoil. talk about them I, I'll have to I'll, I mean I, I won't spoil they're all different like all of them like are completely different types of gameplay from the rest of the, um, the acts so and, and this one is very specific like there's not a lot to it this is probably the shortest one um, mm-hmm. because you can you can make it as short or as long as you want to um, but I'll, I'll let you play through that one okay um, what about you Jonas if if the in between chapters count that play in between two and three uh, man it was just it was just chef kiss <laughs> such an amazing I mean I'm not spoiling but like it's a play, but when you look at the audience, you see little snippets of people reviewing the play, and in retrospect, right, like or they're criticizing the play or like giving you background on on how this play came to be, and then to see this part that for me at the time was self-contained become a part of the story, that was just like wow, um, I, <laughs> I'm a sucker for that. I, I loved it. Yeah. Okay, I. I really did like Act 3. It's like really like... I honestly... I didn't like the Xanadu stuff as much. Um, I like I like Act 2. I like the the uh, bureaucracy just being in that, that, uh, that building. The Bureau of Unclaimed Spaces. And just like how they were giving you the, run, the runaround and everything. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, what was up with the bears? Yeah, I was chapter? about to mention that. So, I don't know. Like... When, when, okay, when I first got there, she's like, hey, if you want to do this thing, go to the second floor or the first floor or whatever. And I immediately, when I got in the elevator, I was like, I'm going to the top floor. <laughs> and like, 
Did you guys go exactly to where you were needed to go from the beginning? Yeah. <laughs> I did it, and then when I got through the paperwork, um, I, I was like, okay, let me check out the bears. Yeah, yeah, it was the same thing for me. I, I went up to, I guess it was the fifth floor you had to go to, and then as I'm going up, I'm like, hold on, why is there a floor with uh-huh. on it? <laughs> I'm like, I got to see what's up with this. Yeah, that that's exactly what I did, too. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm going to that floor for sure. Um, uh, there was... um, So, yeah, like, either... I really like the second act. I also like the fourth act, just because, like, that was, like, you had everybody. You... You get that other... That second music moment. Um, I really like the environment that you were in and I really like the different uh, scenes that you went to in the fourth act so I think maybe the fourth act might be my favorite just because I really like that setting without spoiling it um, and then I think the last act like when I first played it I was just kind of like ah, I'm not really feeling this but then when I guess like in the context of the entire game I was like I like what they did, but in the moment, at first, I was just kind of like, oh, man, like, I wish I wish there was more. Did, did you feel that way, Trevor? Yeah, if I had played this episodically, I would, I think I would have been disappointed. Mm-hmm. And even on Waypoint, when I was listening to it, um, you know, they were basically saying, like, anything you think is going to happen in the final episode of this won't happen like is it's gonna be completely different and and i think they were right like i would have never guessed like this is how it would have concluded yeah it's like not bad but it's not like it's it it wouldn't have been worth the wait for me yeah yeah that's that's a better way of saying it but i like how it ends too you know (laughs) at the same time we're saying this but it's like but also i enjoyed the ending (laughs) You know, it made playing the game worth it. But if if I had to wait however many months or years um, to get this ending, I don't know. I would have wished to have played all this at once. Like, sure, sure. Um, what was your I least mean, favorite? Oh, what? No, just <laughs> sorry to draw so many comparisons to the same um, thing, but that's just how a lot of people feel about Twin Peaks. <laughs> So I just can't help. I just can't help but draw. Like, okay, yeah, I know what these guys are going for. Like, yeah. You're right. I, have, I, I haven't seen the ending, but I'm just saying. It's, it reminded me a lot of Lost, just because, like, throughout the throughout the show, you're expecting this very big, grand, um, like point where everything comes together, and it happens, but not in the way that you would expect it to. If that yeah. makes sense, I don't know if everybody in here has watched Lost. I've, I know Mark yeah. has. Yeah, I've seen it. Sadly, <laughs> <laughs> well, I like it. I like it. I like it. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just messing with you guys. <laughs> I couldn't tell. <laughs> um, so uh, you guys said your favorite part. What was your least favorite act? I'll go ahead and say Act 4. Just because it was so freaking long. <laughs> oh, man. Um, for me, like... 
I don't have to say the last act. And like like I said, I don't think it's a bad act. I would I, like I was it was either for me it's either between the first or the last act. But I feel like the first act kind of ha- sets the mood, and and it's really weird because the last act is the payoff for everything leading up to it. But I don't know. Like I think the setup I, I really enjoyed, and I, I guess maybe it's just like I'm more so just disappointed that it ended. That's what I'm gonna say. I was disappointed it ended. What about you, Greg? Uh, to be honest, I don't think I have, like, a least favorite, uh, like, part of the game so far. I mean, like, the only main gripe I kind of have with the game is, like, maybe I was, like, hanging on too much to the actual, like, goal of the game, right? The fact that, you know... Oh, you just gotta make uh, this delivery? Yeah, and it's, like, it bugged me so much how they kept just, like, anytime he would go do something, it was always like, oh, yeah, well, you're here to do this, well, why don't you do this now? You know, and it was, like... It's like it's like Finding Nemo, where it's just like, oh well, I'm supposed to find my son, but we got to go all the way to P, you know, uh, yeah. to Australia, so we're gonna have all these little adventures along the way. Wow, yeah. you guys would hate Death Stranding. I don't hate it. <laughs> you would hate it because Death Stranding is that the game. <laughs> uh, it sounds like Greg. Did you play Death Stranding? No, no, not yet. Oh, uh, <laughs> I thought that was your boy. I mean, look, he's a homie. I just hadn't got around to it yet. <laughs> uh, what about you, Trevor? Oh, I think you're. Oh, wait, you Jonas said, you now. said, yeah, you said. Uh, yeah, what about you, Jonas? Well, um, I don't want to. Not a favorite, not a least favorite chapter, but I didn't like the part in the museum just because Conway was limping, and I had to. You know, I was trying to. You're in the museum and there's like this big room and you don't really like it's not obvious where you should go first. And some parts of the map, I don't know if you guys had the same problem, but some parts of the map would not get unlocked until you saw something else first. And because Conway was so, uh, you know, he was so hurt because of his leg. I was just kind of like, what am I supposed to do? I had an umbrella. I was trying to get out of the museum (laughs) and I couldn't. I was just clipping at this invisible wall. And then I talked to everybody in the museum, and, and, and then I realized, oh, I, there's actually, like, an elevator on the back that I first couldn't get into because I, the first thing you I had to talk to everybody. I had to talk to – not only did I have to talk to everybody, but I just thought there was nothing there because the first thing I did was first go to the doors and then go back down, and I just had to go to the sides first. Mm-hmm. So – I just – it was just too slow for me. Conway was just too slow. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually I didn't like that part, but I really liked the part immediately afterwards. And so I had a question: What oh, was I your also favorite? Oh, I didn't like. Oh, sorry, I didn't like the the flying part either. Oh! I, just lost. I just got super lost. Oh, uh, so my 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 next question was: What are some of your favorite absurd or surreal moments? Like, what are some standout ones for you? Hmm, I have to think about that because there's been a couple of absurd moments. Like, I definitely for me was the first performance, and the I, the bar was called Lower Depths. That was one. The one was when you find out that Ezra's brother is actually the Eagle. <laughs> like, yeah, because <laughs> you're on that rooftop and it's raining, and I'm just like, yo, why is that bird so big? Like, you just see like a like a a shadow, a silhouette of a bird just going on in the background. Dragon. And I was like, why is that bird so big? 
And then I was like, mm, I don't know what what's going on or whatever. And you're just like doing your thing, doing your thing. And you meet this boy, and then you just get scooped up by this huge eagle. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> Oh, I really, I really like, I really like the, <laughs> I really like the whole, um, the Bureau of Reclaimed Spaces yes. part. Just the, the whole, you know, I, I, I've been in that office environment, right? <laughs> so I know how surreal it is, you know, like, just, you need to go to the third floor, the fourth floor. Oh man. Like I, uh, yeah, that was surreal in a different way. Maybe the yeah. whole bears part. Uh, yeah. I, I get what they, they, they wanted to do there. <laughs> mm-hmm. What about you, Greg, Trevor? Um, I think uh, that the point in Act 3 where uh, Conway gets that second job, like just the whole act of him just kind of going down there, and, well, the fact that it's like a skeleton-looking dude just kind of guiding you through that whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like just that, that whole section and like him just kind of driving around and then he's like, you know, Oh, congratulations, you got the job. And you're like... What job? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, you took the drink, you know, look. Hey, it's expensive, you gotta pay for it. And that's another thing, too, man. The, the, um... I feel like the, the, the game is, like... It makes comments on, like, the inequality, debt, and destructive growth of capitalism. And that was, like, another point right there where, like, every time after that, like, he's, like oh, I owe this debt, you know, like, I gotta, I gotta pay off, and it's just kind of, like, even showing people, like, their guilt, and, like, the de- like having debt and the guilt that uh, people have associated with the debt and, like, how they need to clear it in order to be, like, back in good standing in people's good graces and to be, like, a respectable member of society, because there's a couple of mentions of, like, I gotta do this thing, in order to, you know, get back on my feet or, or things like that. And it's just like, man, like, they they had him by the balls. Like, you know, like, he also, like, when he hurt his leg and had to go to the doctor, then you know, the doctor's telling him, like, one, telling them all the freaking side effects of the, the medicine. Did you guys catch that? It was like... Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, when the, when the drugs kick in, uh, daydream, like, here are the side effects. Daydreaming, deja vu, pensiveness, fugue states, irregular perception of time. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, it was like, you probably heard the, the saying, it's like, yo, like, when, when you hear the potential side effects of something, it's worse than the actual thing you're suffering from. You're like, yo, maybe I shouldn't take this medicine. And him having to figure out a payment plan for this doctor, and the doctor was like, Oh well, I let the 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 the, the uh, insurance people figure that out. You, I don't even bother about that. So he can't even explain to him about how to pay him and things like that. It's just too real, too real. Sorry, you, you, I didn't mean to cut you off, Greg. Oh no, nah, oh, we're on somebody else there. Um, Trevor, or uh, oh, did you say anything, Trevor? Uh-huh. So it was probably one of the earlier moments to me because once I started seeing things, I was like, okay, I know where this game is going now. But so, you know, when Ezra's brother picked them up, I wasn't even surprised by it. I was just like, yep, this is a video game. (laughs) But uh, one of the earlier scenes, like when they're in the mine and you have and you're on the tram, you have the option to turn your light on and off. 
Mm-hmm. If you turn it off, you'll notice that um, like there are some silhouettes like still in the mine, even though you're supposed to be down there alone. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of y'all tried that. I heard I about did it. Not actually. I've... Go ahead. Say, so no, say. I, I did not like that. Like wow, I totally missed that. Yeah, and I think it happens in other parts of the game too. Like whenever uh, Shannon uses her light or turns her light on or off like certain things happen i know there's a point in chapter four where you can use it um and it also happens in yeah it happens in chapter three when you're at the factory um and you're seeing um the skeleton people Mm -hmm. um so i don't know if those silhouettes in the mine were supposed to be skeleton people or if they were actually like ghosts of the people who were left in the mine um or lost in the mine whatever but um but yeah that was one of the scenes that did it for me i was just like yeah let me um let me turn this light back on yeah yeah <laughs> ain't doing that again um yeah well the only other question i had was going back to it so is this a video game trevor mm. you have the floor <laughs> this this is a lot of things like I was saying before, it, it's a novel, it's a screenplay. I, th- I think it's a lot more of other things than it is a video game, but I think this is this was a good medium to present it in. I think this, go, Trevor. Uh, I'm sorry, not Trevor. Uh, Greg, what do you think? Is this a video game? I think so. Is that it? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, there's, like, a lot of narrative to it, and there's no, like, like, I would say, like, there's no traditional, like, action segments or anything like that, but, like, you still have control over a character and make choices within the narrative, so, I mean, I think it's a game. Jonas? Oh, man, I I have... I have feelings about that question. If if Phoenix Wright is a video game, then this is a video game. However, objection. However, why? It's the same thing. It's not. <laughs> it's the same thing because in Phoenix Wright, you, you you can't go forward until you present the right evidence, and in this game, I feel like you can't go forward until you see the right things. But but if I mean I'm, I'm I think this is a video game as well, so I'm not arguing that. But like Phoenix Wright in this game. I mean, you have a whole thing where you're you're gathering evidence, and you're like, I guess the equivalent would be you're gathering story beats in this yeah, game. Yeah, it's it, you just have to explore until you find the thing that you're looking for, and that's just you know, I I think that Phoenix Wright and this game are closer to visual novels than an actual video game, but it's unfair to not call them a video game because it does feel like it. So I just think they're more like story games, you know? Sure, sure. I guess maybe asking if it's a game is not the right question. I guess it's like, do you think they were successful yeah. in presenting what they, the story that they wanted to tell? And if not, do you think this... Not if not. Do you think that it would have been more successful in another medium? And I guess and, maybe that's the question. And mind you, mind you, I love Phoenix Wright, and I I'm not I don't I don't say that it's not a traditional video game in in a 
negative way. Mm-hmm. There's definitely types of stories that work better when you hand interactivity to the player. And Phoenix Wright, Phoenix Wright is one of them, and that's why it's more engaging to play the games than watch the anime, right? Even though it's the same story, you kind of feel more invested when you have a little bit of control over what's going on, even if the ending point or the overall plot is inevitable. Mm-hmm. So, yes, 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 video game. <laughs> K- kind of. So, yeah, like, I, I definitely think this is a game, I guess, my, my, other, my question should have been, do you feel like this is the best way to have presented this story? Yes, definitely. This could not work in, in like, if, it, if there was, like, even if, it, if this was, like, you know, have you guys seen Bandersnatch from Black Mirror? I have oh, not yeah. seen that. No, I haven't. It's, it, yeah, it's kind of like a choose your own adventure Black Mirror episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this game could work, and it's sort of similar to that, but the way that it's presented with the graphics and the interactivity that you have, like, moving your guys around and, like, all that stuff, I think, I think this is the best way to tell this story. Trevor? Um, I think because it takes so much from different mediums that this is the best way for it to tell the story because there, there's no way they'd be able to, like Jonah was saying, the, the interactivity is essential to this game um, just to tie all of these different things together. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think this was the right route. No pun intended. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really, really, I, I think I read something and I was like, this is so smart. Like they were saying something like this game is like the latest great American novel. And kind of like what Jonas was saying, like, um, that, uh, was it Gabriel Garcia, Garcia Marquez? Yeah. Like how he, you know, had like this super influential story that you read, you know, like growing up in school. And I feel like this is like the, in my opinion, this is like, okay, you know, like, I grew up and we were reading, like, you know, Huckleberry Finn and uh, The Great Gatsby and um, Catcher in the Rye and Monkey Paul and, like, all these stories, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, and, like, I feel like this is in that kind of lineage of, like, here's a, I don't want to say coming-of-age story, because what, what's the, there's a story that... It's like set in the the wagon times, I think, and it's about a black family and it's a play. And I know in the play in real life, I think P Diddy was like the the father in the in the play. Did you guys know what I'm talking about? It's like this black family uh, um, in like the Dust Bowl era. Um, but like this could be something like you know whenever we had to in high school like watch something or read about a specific era. I feel like this could potentially be like the in 2060, you know, they're going to be this is going to be like the story about potentially this period, that period in time or like oh, I get it. What, what capitalism like if capitalism is still around or whatever. But like what like 
some of the cons of capitalism or how it affects people and like like being able to play it um and 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 kind of shape people's and like you're not you're not changing the story you're not changing the happenings but you are just kind of building the characters out and just how they feel about stuff and like that will be i think super super cool and seeing like oh like this person's story is always going to be tragic because they're going to be like slowly being pushed out of this occupation that they've worked at for the last 20 years they know that their job is being taken over but you as the player can kind of like you have it's up to you to see how she's going to look at that particular thing happening in her life whether she's going to have a hopeful outlook on life or whether she's going to be super pessimistic and and sour about it or if she's going to be indifferent about it and being able to do that across all these different um occupations and different people and people at different points in their life because i mean you have a kid that his family went uh homeless they abandoned him and he's basically an orphan for to like kids that are just out of high school or high school age um and the, the job that they were set up in their life to have is no longer a thing so now they're trying to figure out like what to do with themselves to you have somebody that's in the prime of her working time and Shannon to somebody that's over the hill and he's at retirement age and and just just seeing like these different characters in the setting and I, I think that there's no other way that this would have been as effective. <laughs> I say all that to say this. <laughs> if um, if this game could have that recognition in in forty or thirty years to be that snapshot of how. American life or American culture was in the 2010s that would be amazing I feel like the, the this type of story should be recognized that way I think yeah I think it should um, like I don't I don't really <laughs> I, I thought it was I can't think of another game that like kind of delves this deeply into something and like I like land like I feel like lands it too, you know. Like there there are so many games that touch on these things, or like you'll have a game that has some like story about miners or like references miners and like hardships and stuff. But like I feel like all of these people are like actual, really utilized and realized people, and like so like the things that they go through, I feel like are super like. I don't know. I don't know how to say. It. <laughs> I really, I really dug this game. No, I, I really get it. They, they, they went for something and they, they stuck the landing and and now that it's complete, because yeah, my feelings for the game certainly changed now that the game is actually out and I can actually play it. But yeah, like this game, this game does it, it does one thing incredibly well, incredibly, incredibly well, which is telling the story about. Like you said, um, destructive capitalism and life in these times, and also mixing all this American culture into it. I think it's. I think they they nailed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Did you guys have anything else for Kentucky Road Zero? I would like to see. Uh, I would like to see kind of like the same kind of game, but in. You know, like I, I like this whole. It has the whole like, I don't want to say murder mystery or Twin Peaks or Gab- Gabriel Garcia, 
but I want to see more stories being told this way where um, it, it, it's not showing capitalism or something as bad or, or evil. It's just we're really just processing a lot of emotions with these characters, and I like being engaged that way. And I wish I could see more of that. And if, if it's presented in this nice aesthetic package, even better. Do you think, you, you've said it a couple of times, but capitalism is bad. Do you think that, like, that is what the takeaway, or no, a takeaway no, of the game? I'm, I'm not really saying it that way. I'm not, but, but it, it, it deals with those emotions. And, and like you said, uh, you, know, you know, if you're poor, you can't invest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of, there's, there's not a lot, there's not a lot of um, media out there that strike the balance between making a point and also, but 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 it's not like it's not preachy either. I don't. I, I appreciate that the game is not preachy about it. It's just dealing with reality, right? Mm-hmm. And it can be good. It can be bad because the game has good stuff, right? They they talk about what they like and yeah. you know they talk about with the, yeah. It's just it's a balance of of good stuff and and bad stuff. It's not it's not it doesn't feel like the creator of the game is like oh see look this is bad or oh see yeah. look this is good. Yeah. Um, it, it it trusts. The player and trust the reader. <laughs> reader is more of, of, of what I would like to think of myself playing this game. <laughs> it trusts that the reader is smart enough to get the story cues, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I just was wondering because I'm I'm thinking like kind of what you said. Like I think that one of the things I like about this is it doesn't really take a stance. It's just like here are the facts. Right. Or, exactly, here is this exactly, person's yeah. experience and like just because you're the one in charge too, you can kind of choose how the person feels about their situation. So it's not saying like, oh, Conway hates capitalism, but he has to do it. You you, you know, he can, you can take the stance where he's like, I won't say jolly, but he's like, uh, a hardworking he, man, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, so, which is not unlike a lot of truck drivers, you know, all like, types of working. occupations. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. What were you about to say, Trevor? I saw you had unmuted yourself. Um, I don't remember. Uh, I, I remember a while back when you were talking about P. Diddy, I think the play you were thinking of was Raisin in the Sun. Yes, thank you. Thank um, you. But I don't remember what I was going to say after that. My bad. Oh, no, you're good. <laughs> um, so, Trevor, uh... Great game, great experience? Um, good game, great experience. Good game, great experience? Okay. So, um, and this is not, what, what do you think could have been improved or what, what could have, what kept it from being a great game? Um, I think there were some technical issues in this game. Um, mainly just, um, like walking around. Um, and especially when you were like in a vehicle or something like that, I don't, think that worked that well and maybe it was just because i was playing on switch mm-hmm. um but and like jonah was jonas was saying earlier in one of the chapters after conway gets injured and you're walking with him like it's extremely slow i think it felt like mm-hmm. that in most chapters anyways like you you got around extremely slow um especially with how small some of the levels are mm-hmm mm-hmm I actually didn't, um, uh, I think, 
it was a super stark contrast because like right after you had that moment with um um Conway in being slow, like I think right afterwards you got to play as um uh Ezra and by in, in comparison he was like running around and everything. So that was really uh uh a super stark contrast. And I, 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 I have to think they did that on purpose, but it was like, whoa, like, oh, like, I was so used to playing this slower character, and now I'm running around as this kid, and he's just gone. Um, what about you, uh, Greg? Great game, great experience? So far, because you're, like, you're, you said you're, yeah, you're on chapter I, four. I'm going to reserve judgment till I finish, but it's, uh, it's all right so far. What, what, what about it? Like, what, what is not reaching you? Um, I think the thing that was kind of throwing me off was, like I said, I, I think I was just kind of more focused on the, the task at hand, and I was like, man, this is just, it's going too many places, like, he's going here, then, like, he's he's originally trying to do this one thing, but then now he's doing something else, and it's just kind of like, I'm still trying to process where they're trying to go with it, right? So I think that was, like, the issue I was having with it. Gotcha. What about you, Jonas? Great game, great experience. So far, uh, you, you great, were... great experience. Um, to be honest, I'm I'm not that huge on point-and-click adventure games, if you can even call this that. This occupies, like I said, the same place in my head as Phoenix Wright games do, and other visual novels like that. Uh, so, I, if if it wasn't so so much like Twin Peaks, or it wasn't so much like Oh, we're like Americana, Kentucky, which is an aesthetic that I like, you know, bluegrass mm-hmm. music and all that. If it was about something else, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't really care, right? But because the story is mixing a lot of things that I like in the media that I consume, that's why I'm playing it really. Uh, so yeah, great experience. I love it. I feel like it's a very specific experience for a very specific audience. Like I, I wouldn't recommend this to most of my friends. That when you think of you know video games, you think of I don't know, Halo or puzzle games, right? This is not that, right? But yeah, I I'm I love it. I love it so far. <laughs> I just <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't blame anyone for not liking it, right? Mm-hmm. And you you um, forgive me uh, forgive me, but you said you had only played the first two, so you're just slightly further than you were the very first time, right? Yeah, but I. I think, and I don't know if I'm right on this, but there's a lot of things in the first two chapters that I didn't remember. So I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if they added more content, or I just missed it the first time, or I just don't remember. So it it it's definitely felt like a new experience for me, even though I recognized most of those first two chapters. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. gotcha. Like the settings, you know, like I I just. Um, the scenes and all that like I recognized everything but there was a lot of extra stuff in between and extra dialogue and I don't know if it's extra if it's just me so it feels like a new game for me gotcha gotcha um I think it was a great game great experience I really uh dug just the whole aesthetic kind of like Jonah says I'm a sucker for the Pacific Northwest kind of surreal David Lynch style so that hit that I thought the music in this game, like I'm, I don't, I don't care at all about bluegrass music. I, you know, and every single, I enjoyed every single piece of music in this game, um, whether it's 
the bluegrass stuff, the more dreamy stuff, the, the custom stuff that you're you're filling in the, the, the dialogue for, all of it I really enjoyed. Um, I just thought the sound design in this game was fantastic. Um, I really enjoyed the writing. I Like I said, I really enjoyed how believable these characters were and like their trials and tribulations. I really enjoyed like the whole what we've been talking about where you're like basically building these characters. I really enjoyed that. I don't know if I've ever or will ever see that in another game. Um, and I don't know, like there's so many things in this game that I really enjoyed. And there are things that I hope that other games take from. So hoping that this game is, uh, in the next couple years, there are some people, even if they're not necessarily making point-and-click adventure games or even adventure games, if uh, some they take some of the influences or some of the things that this game did story-wise and start to implement in their game to kind of flesh out the world, I'd really enjoy that. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think all the stuff that I was saying earlier about, you know, when I was hear about this game and seeing it on the game of the year list and all this stuff and it never made sense to me like it, it makes sense to me now like I, I can understand uh, why people even even in those short like micro you know two hour bursts like if I was playing Act 3 when it came out in 2014 that might have been one of the best 10 games I played that year <laughs> you know <laughs> I really you know that act was super sick and I mean you can kind of take some of these acts as their own standalone thing and still get a lot out of them. So, completely justified in seeing the the praise this game got. Um, so yeah, that is our discussion on Kentucky Route Zero. Um, where can people find you at, Greg? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Boombox Zero. Uh, on Twitch at twitch.tv slash magnegro with a zero instead of an O at the end and on YouTube at uh, magnegro. Okay. Where can people find you at, Trevor? You can find me online at Lyric Unsung. Alright. Where can people find you at, Jonas? Uh, my Twitter, LolRaid. But also, I'm streaming a lot. Like, I'm trying to stream better. <laughs> so, my stream is RaidBot, and I'm streaming, like, Valorant and VR stuff. Gotcha, gotcha. Is that, do you have a regular stream? Dude, I'm so bad at that. Schedule? Or? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm so bad at it, but I'm, I'm trying to complete the stranding on stream just to, just to, just to have that there, right? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of Valorant because I've I've just been hooked on it lately. Did any of you guys play this it. on stream? Uh, nah. None of you guys uh, play this on stream. Nope. Damn. It's just a hard game to stream because you you have to be there and have you know whichever audience you're gonna get for the stream, they have to be there for the whole ride. If they miss even like ten minutes, they're gonna be so lost. Sure, I guess that would be something where you're like, hey, uh, uh, Kentucky Road Zero Saturdays or something like that. Because like, yeah. the way I played this game was I would do, I would play an entire act in one sitting. And then I would, so like, I did all of Act 1 and then I was just like, okay, I'm stopping. Or I did all of Act 2 and then I'm stopping. Because I, I also didn't want to have it where I was like checking in halfway through. I wanted to get the complete experience in one sitting. <clears throat> um... You guys can find me on Twitter at Potato Salad. 
Um, and our upcoming game, the game for August, is Trevor's game. Yeah, and it's my You're birthday right month. Huh? Azura's Wrath? Yeah. I said, and it's my birthday month. Oh. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, happy birthday. Or soon to be birthday. Um, yeah, um, I think we might have to get a, a re on that, Greg. Oh, what? Uh, for, what are you uh, playing again? For uh, Azra's Wrath. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, he like, probably down. <laughs> probably. <laughs> That's also like a story game, right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. I think what's interesting, too, is um, if we do get re, I think all four of us would have already played it. Oh, we need to get somebody that hasn't played it. You're saying? I don't think it's necessary, but okay. Yeah, I think it'll it'll be an interesting discussion, you know, to see how well it held up from the first time we played it until now. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That would actually that would be cool to do. So yeah, let's do let's play for that. Um, I'll hit him up. Yeah, hit him up and ask him. Um, and we need to at some point we need to do our new list for the rest of the the rest of the year. Um, but we'll do that. We'll take that offline. Um, if you like tuning into Miss Checkpoints to find out about hidden gems, cult classics, and indie games, then share us with your friends, family, and not shitty subreddit communities you're in. Um, hit us up on Twitter. Comment on our Facebook page. Leave us a review. Obviously, we prefer five stars. On Apple Podcasts, so we can appear higher in the leisure category. Um, just let us know what you like about what we do, what episodes you like, what episodes or what potential games you would like us to cover just let us know um and with that we are miss checkpoints and we're out peace